0: hi and welcome to the council of fathers podcast we're bringing a heartful perspective to this wild journey we call fatherhood i'm noah
1: i'm dave and uh thanks for joining us welcome back my friends welcome back to the show that never ends well hopefully i don't know we'll see about that so glad you could attend
0: um today we're going to embark on a journey of discussing, exploring what we call
1: soulful fathering. Soulful. What do you What do you mean by that, Noah? What do you what mean, do by, I mean soulful? by soul? I love how we pick these light sort of fluffy topics. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's take on soul today, shall we?
0: You know. If not now, then
1: when? <laughs> Next time no let's do it now
0: but it doesn't i mean it doesn't have to be heavy or dark or overly dense you know it can be playful and prove it uplifting and jovial even
1: oh okay well where do you want to start how about like what do you mean when you say soulful fathering Mm. that seems like a good place to start that does seem like a
0: great place to start so dave what do you oh, mean <laughs> oh i see how you do that i see how you are
1: yeah okay okay well let's start with this big word soul right mm-hmm. um I, it, it's important to me it's important to you i know and it's important to the work we're doing and i guess in the broadest Terms, I just see that as something underneath our conditioning and underneath the thinking and the surface emotions, that there's something deeper in us that we're born with, and I might call it one's essence. And there's sort of two layers that we talk about, and I think we want to cover today. One is how do we as parents who are trying to guide our kids and trying to educate our kids and trying to, you know, help shape people in the world, how do we set the stage for that true essence to emerge when a lot of parenting seems to be about conforming to rules and societal norms. Like how do we achieve a balance there between helping our kids make it in the world and set the stage for them to be who they truly Mm -hmm. uniquely are. And then I think the other level we want to talk about is how do we do that as fathers? How do we model that for our kids? You know, A lot of the dads that come to us and a lot of folks that come to see me for therapy are struggling with symptoms that arise from being misaligned from their truest self or their most authentic self. You know, there's the lifetime, especially men in their second chapter or second half of their lives that are working to recover something that they lost in their Journey to be good professionals, good husbands, good, good fathers.
0: That was beautiful and great, and you've got my, my mind swirling and whirling, and and my heart bubbling, and I think my my soul's whispering in there too. Noah, Noah. <laughs> yeah, I think that your description of your definition of soul kind of very much aligns with what I think of when I think of soul in terms of a quality that is the essence of what one is. So there's a way in which the world we live in, there's these layers. And one of the ways the layers exist is from the most material and concrete and form quality, right? You know, like my skin and hair and bones and blood to more subtle spaces and so for instance my thoughts my feelings my energetic body is like another layer that's it's not concrete you can't touch it but it's still in existence and it's still very much a part of life and living and then you know even more subtle there are qualities and, and one of those qualities I would call soul, you know, I'm trained as an acupuncturist and part of our training is to really understand this concrete physical body that we're all in and the musculature and the biochemistry of our blood and just on a very physical gross quote unquote level. And then we also learn about this energetic system and how it works how it flows what's going Mm -hmm. on how it interfaces like with the physiology and and part of the training in my fortunate experience involved becoming more sensitive to it right and the same way like a sommelier can really taste every flavor of the wine and get a sense for the full sort of details that we can't without training ourselves to taste for that can't taste. Yeah. You know, as an alternative medical practitioner, I've learned to sense through touch, through other ways, these energetic qualities. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that we can, we can all learn that as a as a skill the same way anybody could go to a sommelier school so to speak and and like learn how to really taste more nuanced flavors and i think we can also all learn to sense into and attune to some of those deeper qualities uh including soul but our culture does not by any means, emphasize that realm of existence, or we tend to hyper-focus on the more material world. And maybe that's starting to change. Um, hopefully it's starting to change, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Your, your soul one oh one class in class in high school didn't quite cut <laughs> it for you. <laughs> yeah the education system is very much focused on skills technical skills the material world and it's interesting to have the kids sitting in the classroom with a very real inner world experience and very little guidance on how to navigate
0: well it's funny that you made that joke about my soul 101 class yeah because i happened to go to an Orthodox Jewish day school Mm. as a young kid. So pre pre K through fourth grade and was therefore immersed in a field Hmm. that not only recognized and acknowledged that there is a spirit or soul realm to reality. But actively encouraged, invited, guided the development of a relationship with that realm. And, you know, I'm able to look back at it as an adult who's done a lot of work from this perspective. And I'm sure you could look at it and say, oh, it was all rote and you were just, you know. And I think religion on a whole in more progressive liberal cultures, can get a bad rap, um, and there certainly is dogma that goes along with it that has uh, c- constraining qualities and limitations.
1: It's a good thing we're not talking to a progressive liberal audience right now. Huh? <laughs>
0: but uh, but I just I, I'm I'm aware, or at least my sense is that that environment for me as a child played a role in my relationship. To my own
1: life yeah and inner world that's beautiful that's a real gift that you had yeah and in some ways you know maybe what the work you've been doing in your adult life is like revisiting things you were studying back then mm-hmm. sort of trying to unlearn everything else in a way so noah where should we start should we start with the man in the mirror I think so. I think so, because
0: if, if we're going to head towards how do we support our children in, in their relationship with their own soulful qualities, then part of that's going to be modeling. And, um, yeah, part of that's going to be our our own ability to even recognize it. Maybe we have to know it in ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And on a very basic level. How do we as fathers see through, underneath, past our kids' behavior uh, to something greater, something innate, something meaningful that's trying to emerge and not sort of make it wrong and and try to overly shape mold behavior? I'm going to just introduce here... Um, Bill Platkin,
0: who is an incredible person who, and I don't know what he calls himself, an eco depth psychologist. He's written
1: some of my favorite words, s- by the way.
0: Yeah, eco depth psychology. Yeah. yeah. He's written a number of books. His first one was called Soul Craft, which mm. is full of practices that one can engage in to help them cultivate their own relationship with soul. And his second book was called Nature
1: and the Human Soul. He's a big fan of this word, soul. Yes,
0: he is. And he has created this eco-soul-centric model of human development. And, you know, it's layered on some of the more traditional and classical models of human development. But the only reason I'm bringing this up is because each phase of life in his teaching has two tasks, a cultural task and a nature-based task. And so this cultural task for a kid is learning the ins and outs of what's right and wrong, how, they're, how they can behave and how they can't behave in, in certain circumstances. And, but then that nature-based task always has something to do with one's connection to soul and spirit often with nature as a vehicle or holding space for that process. And, and again, going back to our current arc, the culture that we all live in, you know, really (laughs) recognizes those cultural tasks, sometimes even distorts them into versions of that task that don't honor who a, a person is.
1: And completely ignores these nature-based tasks. Yeah, part of what I hear you saying is we all have to conform to society, to social norms, and in order to be a part of a community, it seems we have to compromise our true self at times. And there is sort of a, a false self that develops in order to interact with the world. It's makes sense. It's logical. It's survival. It helps us maintain connections. It sounds like Plotkin's model is is encouraging this other piece that has been very neglected. Mm -hmm. The stronger my sense of my authentic self is, the more choice I have in how I want to put different masks on, it becomes a choice rather than something that is reflexive or my only option, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I really like that model of maybe compensating for what our societies aren't set up to teach us. And so to come back to this, how do we as fathers also help compensate for our children? And the first step we're suggesting is start with the man in the mirror, seeing that, you know, rather than working on our kids, how do we let our kids work Mm -hmm. on us, right? So I see my kids behaving in a way that upsets me. There's two things going on there, at least. There's a million things going on, but the two things that I'm pointing to are, are behavior in other and feeling in self. And so the sort of unconscious move is to, control the behavior get my kids to stop behaving in a way I don't like get them to start behaving in a way I do like then I feel better my inner world (laughs) feels better but I think what we're suggesting is there's work there for me there is my own inner work to do when I am triggered by my children and you know, one move is to take that to my therapist and to start getting curious about where that trailhead leads. What unfinished business from my childhood mm. is coming up in a desire to control my my child.
0: And so this is kind of raising a question for me, which is how do you differentiate between psychological quote-unquote work work on the psyche and
1: soul and work to connect with the soul you know it depends on the therapist but just to name that psyche is the greek word for soul Mm. psychotherapy means care of the soul Mm. and so if you have a therapist that sees the world through that view then the work that you bring to your therapist is about uncovering meaning purpose deep unconscious material that may be driving my triggers or playing out the way it should you know there's this parallel process here my, my kids are acting out that's one way to put it you know acting out but it's also possible that Their souls are acting out, you know, there's, there's something that's being expressed that's important. I always used to say that, like, I love that my daughter is so fiery and so strong and independent and willful outside of the home. Yeah. I love that she's that way outside of the home. It's when she's around me that I'd love for her to be docile and loving and calm and, you know, so... The the parallel there is that there's something happening for me in that moment that may be some childhood wound. It may also be I'm misaligned with something internally, and that is causing me agitation. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the example that I've been using a lot is that I was in a career for a long time that was really meaningful to me and on some level it was a mismatch for my calling in life it was feeding a lot mostly things in the material realm that you were talking about not so much in the more subtle realms that Mm -hmm. you were talking about and the tension between what i think my purpose is in this life and what i was doing that tension was growing and it was surfacing in my interactions with my kids. I was irritable. I'm never irritable anymore, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) I was, uh, I was tired, you know? And, um, and so I had to get real honest with myself and make a move to try to be more in line with what, what I'm, meant to be doing which is what speaking on podcasts with my friend noah and the father's work that we're doing Mm -hmm. and doing psychotherapy Mm. caring for the soul Mm. yeah comes full circle doesn't it it always does yeah so i think a lot of dads come to us and they're experiencing a bit of loss of soul and and i think that's a common experience when you have when all of a sudden you're married and you have kids and you have a career and you're dealing with a pandemic and you're dealing with school districts and you know medical systems and government and news and Mm -hmm. it all is overwhelming and and you feel alone in that.
0: Yeah. And you don't f- experience yourself as embedded in a community of people who are in contact with those more meaningful things. And likely, it, it goes back further than becoming a father. And, you know... Totally. There's just pieces of, of ourselves that we left behind along the way and uh and it is it is a journey
1: yeah so this level of just you know as as fathers how do we develop a relationship with that deeper part of us an intentional relationship and i'd love to hear you speak mm. a little bit about that you know maybe even about what Plackin recommends but what are some of those practices that help us connect to our authentic self, yeah, is, is another term I'm using. You know, sort of interchangeably, and maybe I'm mixing metaphors here, but no, I that's think, what I think of.
0: I think that that um, resonates for me as well. And it, it's interesting. I just got back from a retreat that I went on by myself with myself. Um, it was my birthday gift from Rachel, which was really sweet and exactly what I needed. And I think that that alone, right? Just spending time with oneself, unplugged with a journal, with some books and with the set of, of practices that I have. And so I can share some of those in general to connect with soul, to, to access soul, to access that quality right? the we, we need to shift our consciousness. Um, we need to step away from our day-to-day typical thinking mind into a sort of state of mind that's just a little bit less gripping mm. and a little bit more open, spacious, wonderful, full of wonder. And, and so like some of the more simple things, you know, there's hiking and then there's wandering in nature. Mm. There's finding a random rock that just like has a vibe and sitting on it and just staring at the sky. Mm. You know, there's, um, there's journaling of I'm going to make these lists and I'm going to, you know, and then there's just a more meandering journaling. There's, you know, art, right? Like, Oh, I had this idea. I'm going to make this piece that, And then there's just like grabbing some colored pencils or crayons or paints and not thinking, you know, and, you know, maybe you're sitting with a question that you're meditating on or maybe been just letting stuff pour out onto the page or like flow. Right. Uh, There's music and just letting music take you into another realm and maybe that involves you moving with the music some might call that type of moving with music dance um but just seeing what emerges through the evocations of of the sounds of the beat of the melodies those are those are some of the more simple things there's dialoguing with nature with natural world you know just speaking out loud what's going on prayer is certainly a gateway or song if prayer is uncomfortable right meditation can be but meditation can also be this like practice that we try to do and so and there's lots of different kinds of meditation so i mean those are just Yeah. yeah a handful and there's many more
1: um i love how you describe that and in each one you're describing a A way in which you are setting the stage for something unseen to emerge. Mm. Yeah. Which is what we were talking about trying to set up for our kids. Unseen and unknown. Yeah.
0: Which can be scary.
1: Yeah. And seems to be hard to get at with sort of the goal-directed intention that we, we are so familiar with and that we're taught and it requires an element of surrender
0: and i think that is one of the points of friction that can exist is that we have all these ideas around who we are and what we are and what matters about who we are and what matters about our role in the world and sometimes those things align very much with that deeper essence sometimes we've manage to be following a thread in our lives very well and we're living out this path that's really aligned and other times there's parts of our identity of being a provider in a certain way or having a certain profession or you know being a community member in a certain way or who knows like that that we just really are like yeah this is this is who i am this is who i've always been and um and sometimes that's, that gets in the way of whatever needs to emerge to be able to emerge and, and letting go of that can be uncomfortable to, to say the least. And, yeah. um, and sometimes painful, scary too. scary for yeah. sure. Cause then you even, cause often there is a liminal place where you're left kind of like, well, I, I let, I let go of that, but I, Don't really have a clear answer yet and now i'm just floating and i don't really feel like i'm who i thought i was anymore but i don't also have clarity around who i am becoming or what i'm becoming and i have no indication of a timeline right this could be a process that's weeks long that's months long most likely that's years long and right and it's not you're not always fully stuck in the fullness of the Confusion or mystery, right? That I think there's a tap- touching in and a touching out, and a moments where answers come and a moments where questions come. And um, but
1: the soul likes journeys. So is that a fact? Does it like the band Journey? Uh, m- maybe I your bet, soul. I <laughs> bet. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I mean, soul likes who journey. doesn't? Who okay. doesn't like the band Journey? Right. Yeah. I was thinking it's funny i was thinking about when we were when i was prepping for today i was thinking about a lot about music you know mm. soul music yeah and, and uh aretha franklin mm. the queen of soul and james brown the godfather of soul and like thinking about their music there's there's such emotion mm. in their music mm-hmm. when they sing but it's but it's more than emotion You know, there's emotion in every, you know, in in hard rock and heavy metal, and but there's a certain kind of emotion in those two in particular. That's something like spirit infused with emotion, or it's like a religious experience. You know, like there's this gospel sort of Mm -hmm. aspect to their to their singing. And I thought, that's, that's what, that's soul. It's like, you know, deeper than emotion even. And so just to sort of come back to, we're sort of outlining two ways that fathers can model this work. One, you're describing as these practices to set the stage for the authentic self to emerge and The other we mentioned was therapy which is really working with the defenses that we have in place and the secondary emotions like anxiety and Mm -hmm. guilt and shame Mm -hmm. that are in place that keep us from feeling those deeper emotions Mm -hmm. the raw core emotions of anger and sadness Mm -hmm. and disgust mm. and fear like we we can go through the day avoiding feelings that are unseen unknown but are very much there and in therapy we can start to experience those in a way that that's tolerable and and therefore not need anxiety guilt shame defenses as much mm-hmm. and and then what's underneath that is something like those James Brown yeah. screams and the Aretha Franklin, like, I don't know what it is she's doing, but bellowing. it's bellowing, yeah, it's, yeah. This, I mean, I,
0: I just, I, it's funny because I'm realizing I left out what has been for me maybe one of the most profound Soulcraft tools which is acupuncture like psychotherapy it um the the acupuncture points invite one into an altered state of consciousness mm. often with the ability to evoke certain threads of that consciousness right there's these five elements that are all related to different emotional states and, and then within that field there is a space to to touch into and process and experience things that maybe we can't as easily do in a typical set or setting. And much in the way that, that psychotherapy has that power with the proper consciousness and awareness and attention of a psychotherapist who is doing that kind of work, I, I feel like the field that, that gets created with acupuncture with the right practitioner really supports that process, and um I've had some of my most profound insights or contact with this quality on the table, and I've facilitated that for a lot of people, and it's beautiful um yeah, so
1: yeah, so in all of these examples there is a way in which we as adults have learned to or we've built something over on top of sometimes blocking a depth in us that is rich Mm. and 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 maybe sometimes uncomfortable to reach and so these practices that we've discussed sort of help us peel back the layers until we can rest, let go, surrender to be who we are underneath all of that.
0: Yeah. And what you're saying just has me wanting to circle back to and touch on something we talked about last time, coming back to the kids. And coming back to what they need what we can do for them and i just think the obvious thing that shows up are initiations our mm. rituals our mm. ceremonies that honor the transitions that they go through throughout their childhood into mm-hmm. adulthood that Uh, invite them to to come into contact with some quality within them that is more than the physical material existence that they live and that witnesses that within them right if you have a group of adults who are in contact with soul and can see that within them then mm. then that also helps that come out the first thought i was like when they're 18 you know you do a sort of like coming into adulthood ritual or you know oh no no when they hit puberty when they're 12 oh then you get to do this big transition ritual mm. or, but but actually when uh when hazel i don't remember whether she's three or four she she went through this transition from having a nanny in addition to being with us a lot and going to school Going to her like pre-K class, mm. and we did this this ritual, mm-hmm. and we made this little like rainbow that she walked under, and her nanny was there, and they you know there was sort of like a acknowledgement that she's growing up, that she's letting something letting go of something mm. that was tender and precious and so so special, and she's also stepping into something else that's tender and precious and oh so so special. Mm. Zephyr too he. He um, went through some, had a similar ceremony and, you know, is, is, and and part of it's also what are we holding as a family system for them? I mean, even when Netta had her first food and she's now nine months, so that was three months ago. And it's like, do you just like, okay, here's your first food or, you know, maybe we're lighting a candle. Maybe we're all just holding the sense of wonder of you're now joining like this rest of like this next the rest of humanity that is eating food right in this way. And what does that mean? And, um, Mm. even the tooth fairy, I think the tooth fairy is a wonderful, wonderful part of our culture. Hmm. And when Hazel lost her first tooth, more important than what she was going to get under her pillow, whether it was a quarter or a dollar or $5 or was the note. Mm. that i wrote mm-hmm. actually the first tooth her her auntie uh my sister-in-law wrote but every single one and and i've been trying to i hope she can't listen to this i was episode. just gonna
1: say man she doesn't listen to these well no child under a certain age can listen to it now okay well that's true um <laughs> uh, sorry parents sorry parents you can contact Noah and and he can talk to your child through this one <laughs> um well no i think you know that just i
0: honestly don't believe that i was writing those notes i honestly believe i was channeling the tooth fairy mm. um and that you know the, the tooth fairy doesn't have a physical body in this world they only have the impacts of their their essence right and so i was writing these notes teaching her the magic of the world and mm. and what what secret of, of of the the essence of life does each tooth that she loses and then brings in from her own being uh, like what is it trying to teach and
1: share mm. yeah there's something that you're witnessing in her that is emerging as we're, as we're saying, and, and there's something about these rites of passage that are like snapshots of the soul in time, right? Like mm-hmm. sort of like getting an astrology reading at certain times. It's mm-hmm. like where are the planets aligned today? And there's some thresholds that are more coalesced than than in everyday life. And the
0: threshold of stepping into parenthood is definitely one of those. And we have the guide for how to, how to conduct a, a ceremony for initiation into fatherhood on the website and that's a rubric for any ceremony, but ceremony and ritual are another sort of form of soul craft, a way that we can weave contact with this quality that we're calling soul or soulfulness into day to day life. Yeah. In addition, I mean, we, we do a little blessing before, before meals and we sing some songs, not every morning, cause we're not that disciplined, but m- as many mornings as we can m- muster up the, the timeline to work out well, um, we, we do these morning songs. To like sort of welcome in the day and and bring in yeah spiritual essence to our day. So I am wondering, Dave, what what are some of the ways that like you think about or or actively try to evoke or honor or engage this this soul quality in in your kids?
1: Yeah. Well, first, just to say, it's almost like the language of my kids' souls is play, mm. you know, or, or maybe kids in general Mm -hmm. that's their biggest expression so um a lot of it they're doing on their own and then i love to play with them Mm -hmm. i also when i think i'm being uniquely myself and them being uniquely themselves there's a quality of weird that Mm -hmm. emerges it's almost like Uh our uniqueness is a synonym for our weirdness you know mm. what what makes us different from folks so i'm just really like my kids think i'm weird mm. and <laughs> that's a strange way to uh cultivate <laughs> you know soul but but it's not non-conformity is it's who am i when we're just the four of us in my house i'm making jokes fart jokes are very soulful oh yeah for example dad jokes Uh uh-huh no such thing by the way as a bad dad as a bad dad joke um and just being playful listening to music dancing together like dance parties i just want to nod by the way to your son zephyr oh yeah i saw a video of Mm -hmm. him dancing to Uh, surface pressure from the Encanto soundtrack. Very soulful soundtrack, by the way. Yeah, That is soul in action, watching that kid dance. It's amazing. He's amazing. So yeah, yeah, just being expressive in the house together, but then like sweet moments together Mm. too, Mm. you know, where we're just being and not trying to accomplish anything Hmm. I feel like reading together sometimes you know and reading a book that that elicits that something in them that's unique and authentic I know
0: you guys like to go camping and spend time out in nature and I feel like that's one of the places and ways that like not trying to do anything and just kind of going with the flow and being yeah tends to be
1: evoked totally yeah i love that too you were you were talking about wandering in the woods i love having days like that where we don't have to go anywhere or do anything we just someone has an idea we go do it someone else has an idea we go do it yeah you know let's get in the car let's go somewhere new you know that's lights them up yeah well i think
0: we've we've talked our listeners ear off now (laughs) and um can i end with a with a poem i would love for you to end with a poem i think that would be because
1: poetry is another gateway to uh totally to soul yeah so this is um from khalil Gibran and it's from the prophet the poem called on children Mm. your children are not your children they are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself they come through you but not from you and though they are with you yet they belong not to you you may give them your love as living arrows are sent forth the archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness for even as he loves the arrow that flies so he loves also the bow that is stable
0: Mm thanks thank you and thank you all who are out there in the world listening and feeling and just being a part of what we're trying to do here and as always if you have any questions comments ideas reflections please send them our way at connect at counciloffathers.com please feel free to spread the word about the podcast you know let a buddy a dad an uncle cousin a brother know about it and uh if you want to rate it on itunes or whatever your podcast app is that doesn't hurt um look forward to uh, reconnecting next time thanks y'all be well be well